once again, um, as the intern, that's a tough act to follow. So uh, if you do not know who I am, my name is Tyler Hennick, and I am the pastoral intern here at First Covenant. And as always, it's a humbling honor to be able to speak to you guys on a Sunday morning, especially today because it is Pentecost Sunday. And of course, we are going to continue on with our sermon series called Power. And in the past weeks, we've discussed who the Spirit is, what the Spirit gives, and then today we're going to talk about how the Spirit works. One of the biggest misconceptions of becoming a Christian and surrendering your life to Christ is believing that all of a sudden our lives are going to become easier. Maybe even describe this as a cakewalk. Now that you believe in the saving power of the Almighty Jesus Christ, you know, things are going to They're going to be brighter. It's going to be great. It's going to be easy. When reality, when you made this decision, maybe things did the exact opposite. And life became troublesome. And at the end of the day, you began to rethink the decision that you made. You may even ask, maybe maybe I made a mistake. New believers and even those that have believed in Christ for, for a long amount of time will stop and say, God, where are you? Why are you not stopping this from happening? I'm on your team. I'm a Christian. We then began to rely on our human instincts, and we we open up ourselves to self-help books, social media, Google it, pray for someone just to lend an ear to us, no matter who it is or what advice they give us. We're going to take it because we're desperate. We need to have this problem fixed now. And when we do this, we can open up a large can of worms. And in that can, we often find the situation becoming even worse and harder to deal with. We then continue to ask how God could ever change his promise to us. We might even feel abandoned. When in truth, we must remember that God always keeps his word. And he knows that in our walk with him as Christians, struggles will present themselves. He's planned ahead for this. In fact, Jesus spoke of this exact situation just before he was arrested and crucified upon the cross. He told his disciples before he left them that he would send someone to aid them in their struggles and trials. And that this person was a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. You see, we learn within the Bible that there is that God's made up of uh, God, the father, God, the son. God, the Holy Spirit, there are three persons that make up the Holy Trinity. You have God, the Father, who is our creator and who rules over all. God, the Son, who is our Savior and Lord. And then God, the Holy Spirit, who is our helper and empowers us to walk within the will of God. Now, this past semester, I took a course in seminary called Systematic Theology Two. Sounds really exciting, doesn't it? And towards the end of the semester, we study just who the Holy Spirit is and how he works. And it never ceases to amaze me just how awesome of a gift we have that God has given us, sending us this helper, the Holy Spirit, and indwelling within us. How important is it to acknowledge this gift and use him during the course of our lives? So I ask you right now, as we're studying just who the Holy Spirit is, who do you go to when your life is falling apart? We've all been there. When you come across a difficult situation or, or you have to make a big decision, who do you turn to? I invite you now to open up your Bibles, if you have them with you, and turn to the 14th chapter of John in verse 15. 
Here we will read about how Jesus' discussion with his disciples, which occurred the day before he was going to be hung upon the cross. In less than 24 hours, Jesus Christ would be laid in a tomb. His disciples would scatter and they would hide as if the sheep had, had lost their shepherd. Now, we must remember that throughout the time prior to this evening, Christ had made all these promises to his disciples. And now here he was talking about dying, about leaving those that had dropped every single thing that they knew to follow him. They had fully surrendered their lives. And now it looked like they were going to be abandoned. So now let's read from John 14, verses 15 through 18. And the scripture that you see on the screens behind me, or if you're watching online, is from the New American Standard Bible. And the reason why I'm using that is, one, because that's the version that I'm reading throughout my summer studies. And then, two, because the way that they describe the Holy Spirit in this translation is very crucial to to get us the most out of this piece of scripture, describing who the Holy Spirit is. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, remember, this is Christ's talking right now. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. Here Jesus tells us that he is sending us a helper. And please notice that the H in the word helper is capitalized. So it is referring to Christ coming to live within us, not only now, but forever. So it's important to know that from the very second that you become a believer in Christ and place your faith in him, you have this helper residing within you. So from that moment on, you have not been abandoned. It may feel like at times that you have been abandoned, but in truth, the Holy Spirit is always, always residing within you. We can believe this statement because it comes directly from the mouth of Jesus Christ. And as God in the flesh, Christ is not capable of lying. It goes against his complete character to speak words that are untrue. So here we have Jesus guaranteeing us that he will always be with us, that no matter what we do, the Holy Spirit will not leave us. You are sealed forever by almighty God as one of his children. Think about that. One way that the Holy Spirit works within us is that he seals and guarantees us of our salvation. We find this in Ephesians 1, 13, which states, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of the promise. So what does it mean to be sealed? Back in those days, it spoke of ownership. Something was protected. So we as believers have the holy seal of God upon us. We are his, not our own. Some believe that once you are saved, you can lose your salvation. Let me tell you something. That is absolutely not true. Why would God break his own seal? You are owned by God, protected by God, and he provides all that you need. This seal that we are sealed with is divine. And nobody can break that seal. Not man, not Satan, nobody. Now, I don't want anybody here to think that, well, now that I, that I know that, I can go do whatever I want. The world's my playground. You're going to get me in trouble if you go do that. Because that's not what this means. Because if you do this, you are taking advantage of God's grace and the blood that was shed by Christ upon the cross. 
And if you live a life of sin, then the Holy Spirit will convict you. And he will, you may feel happy at first, but in time you are going to become miserable, empty, still searching for meaning and purpose and wonder, what, what happened? I, I'm a Christian. Now I ask you, what role have you allowed the Holy Spirit to play within your life? Often when people are saved and come to Christ, they think, well, that's it. When in reality, it's just the beginning. Often people think, now that, now that I'm a Christian, all I have to do is just be a good person and, and I'll be okay. I'll be all right. We can go to church for years and years thinking this and never know the gift that we have at our very fingertips of having the Holy Spirit work throughout our lives. If you ask me, this sermon series is one of the most crucial sermon series that we'll ever have here at First Covenant. Because we talk about God, we talk about Father, and yes, we talk about the Holy Spirit. But without the Holy Spirit, we are unable to have that fellowship with Christ. To read his word, to understand it, to pray, to help others, to have that tug upon our heart. We need this Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we see that people are struggling with certain sins, we may say, well, that person just isn't saved. When in truth, they very well could be saved. But the real question is, have they surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Have they tapped into this divine power? And how can he guide them and influence them? You see, you just you don't get just God, the father and God, the son. The Holy Spirit is there. It's a package deal. All three of these come together. But it is up to us to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit and let him guide us in all that we do. It's our choice. So what is the work that the Holy Spirit can do within you? We must remember that as a believer in Christ now, we have the one true Holy Spirit living within us. And just as Jesus described to us, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Have you ever needed help? I know I have. I think my wife's shaking her head up and down right now. And we have the best helper possible living within us right now, giving us guidance and direction in whatever we need, whatever we're involved in. So what are some other works of the Holy Spirit? When you were saved, it took the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That means that one of his main works within us is to convict us of our sins and let us know that we are in need of a Savior. So when we do something wrong or say something that is, is not of Christian character, the Holy Spirit puts upon us and lets us know that what we did was wrong. You may think it's just your feelings that are talking when really it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Now, I remember when I was nine years old and I was out in the front yard of my parents' house and I had a group of friends over there. It was a, a cold day. I remember that. And we were playing uh, football or basketball, something out there. And, and I started, started to have a disagreement with a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, this, this disagreement started getting even more heated and heated. And before I knew it, we were on the side yard of my parents' house. And this friend and I are standing in the middle of a circle of friends. And if you've seen TV or movies at all, you know what was about to go down. We were about to fight. Now, I had never been in a physical altercation before, you know, minus siblings and, and that kind of obvious stuff. But, you know, I was, all right, this is happening. This is happening. And our friends around us were saying, hit him. Remember, he said this or he did this. Show him. Get him, Tyler. Now, this kid was a little bit bigger than me. So I thought, okay, 
I'm going to have to hit first because it's going to be the only one I get in, I think. And so I just reared back and let him have it. I saw my friend turn. And as he started to turn back to me, I thought, all right, here it comes. I'm going to have to go into the fetal position or something because he's going to let me have it. But as he turned back to me, I noticed that he had a little bit of blood coming down his lip. But the thing that caught my attention the most was the tears streaming down his cheek. My friend made his way through the circle of friends that surrounded us and started to head home. And he lived quite a few blocks away. He had a long ways to go in the cold. And I remember coming around the, the corner of my parents' house and, and watching him walk down the street, still bleeding, still crying. And immediately it hit me. You know that feeling right about here, that, that pit in your stomach. You just messed up. Some would say, well, Tyler, that's just your conscience telling you that you're being mean. But in reality, it was the Holy Spirit convicting me of what I had done through my conscience. Now, I learned a tough lesson that day. And I carry it with me even today as a 33-year-old man. My mom's here today, too, and I don't think she's ever heard that story. So when you see Pastor Tyler getting a lecture out in the foyer, someone please come and interrupt. Being convicted is never easy, but it is good for us, and it brings us closer to Christ in the end. Just as a parent tells her child, uh, you shouldn't say that or do that, so does the Father speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He informs us of what should be involved and what shouldn't be involved in our lives. The third thing that the Holy Spirit does is he indwells within us. Romans 8:11 tells us, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through a spirit who dwells in you. We have an eternal gift from God in his Holy Spirit. So when we sin against God, we go against his leadership. We've all done this at some point in our lives. But how much does it change our mindset when we remember that we have the Holy Spirit living within us? That's why we say that our bodies are a temple. The church isn't these walls. It's not the life center. It's not the offices or fellowship hall. The church of Christ is us. Our bodies are the temple because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. He enables us to do everything that he requires of us. Another thing that the Spirit does for us is that he is our teacher the word of God states in John 14, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. So when we come to Christ and surrender our lives to him, we right then and there have this teacher of all teachers living within us. He helps us understand what that truth is. Have you ever opened up your Bible in a really tough time in your life? And just said, God, I don't know what's going on. Can you speak to me? Guide me. What should I read right now? I just want to hear your voice. What do I do? The Holy Spirit is the one who guides you to that specific verse or chapter or scripture. It's not coincidence. It interprets it to you so that you can understand what God has to say to you at that time. And you can apply it to your life. 
Now, how awesome is that, that we have this gift of the Holy Spirit living within us and ready to be called upon us at all times, 24-7, 365. He doesn't just work the night shift or the day shift, 24-7. A few years ago when I was a youth pastor, I had a young man come up and ask me, how can I hear God speak to me? Now, he had been a Christian for quite a few years, and he's, he's just a terrific young man. But he wanted what all of us want, and that's to hear God speak to us. So one night when our, when our youth group was meeting at our house, my wife and I uh, got a handful of scripture verses, and we handed them out to the students. And, and uh, we took our time. We prayed. We confessed our sins. Uh, we, we just really took time to call upon God to speak to every single one of us as individuals and as a group to let the Holy Spirit be heard. We then took time as individuals and separated and the kids kind of went in their different areas and they read the scripture and prayed and meditated, read the scripture, prayed and meditated for quite a while. And then when we came back together as a group, you could tell that the atmosphere of that group had changed. We took turns going around asking everybody what God had said to them. Some youth didn't want to share. You know why? Because they had been convicted of something. Others were encouraged. But the look on their faces and the experience that those youth had that day was just amazing. The reality was that they possessed the tool to hear from God. And they realized it that day. And that that person, that tool that they are hearing from was the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is a helper. He guides us in all areas of life, no matter what it is. The Holy Spirit is willing to give you guidance in every situation and every decision that you face during life. Let me ask you this. When you went to buy a house, did you consult God first? When you went to ask that person to marry you, did you consult God first? I was praying a lot that day for her to say yes. What about job opportunity? What school to attend? You see, there's no situation or question that, that God does not want to have input in. Nothing is too silly. If it's important to you, it's important to God. And his gift to guide you resides in us, in the helper that he sends to us through the Holy Spirit. Think about this. As parents, when our children have a situation and they, they come to us, they don't know what to do, don't we desire as parents for them to come to us? So that we can share our wisdom, tell them how to do things, comfort them. And we want them to trust us. God is the exact same way. He tells us that he will guide us in all that is truth. Then he wants us to believe in what he has said to us. And sometimes this can't be easy to swallow. But do you want someone that is true and helpful? Or do you want someone who strokes your ego and doesn't want to hurt your feelings? Now, don't get me wrong, God cares about our feelings, but he's not going to risk the chance of losing fellowship with you just because you don't want your feelings or your pride hurt. The final thing that the Holy Spirit does within us that I want to cover today is he reminds us. Once again, John fourteen twenty six informs us of this. Now, when Christ left the disciples, they had no manuals. They hadn't typed up things over the last three years while following Jesus around. There was no protocol stuffed away in a filing cabinet somewhere, somewhere that, all right, if this guy dies, what are we going to do? All they had was what they could remember. And when Christ sent the Holy Spirit during Pentecost, which we celebrate today, they were filled with him. 
They could then remember everything that they had been taught. This is why it is important for us to read and study the word of God every day. Because when we come across difficult situations in life or we have questions on what we should do concerning this or that, the Holy Spirit reminds us that we have been taught in his word and then we can apply it to our lives. You may read a verse of scripture, not think anything of it. Then months, maybe even years down the road, you come to a specific situation in life and bam, you remember that verse. That, my friends is the one true holy God speaking to you through the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, in conclusion of this message, I'm not going to just sit up here and and, uh, challenge you to acknowledge the Holy Spirit that resides within you or or, uh, you're a believer in Christ. I'm begging you to. I'm begging you to do so. To just see what maybe you've been missing out. And if you have been... Uh, dealing with the Holy Spirit and listening to him, go deeper, involve him in even more parts of your life. We as children of God and believers in Christ have this awesome asset waiting for us to tap into. And if you are not a believer in Christ, this too, this too can be yours. All it takes is for you to confess your sins. Tell God that you need a savior. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, the son of God, and believe in him And all that he has is yours. And then acknowledge the Holy Spirit that comes and resides in you forever from that moment on and lean on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. If you're not a believer in Christ and you're here today or if you're watching us online and you feel that conviction, that is God calling you to be one of his children. And now it's up to you. If you will answer his call, or are you going to deny him and the Holy Spirit? Sometimes in life, it can feel like we're walking down a dark hallway, and it's pitch black. And all you have is a railing to hold on to. And as you travel down that curvy hallway, and if anybody went to South High School before the reconstruction, you know what I'm talking about with the old pods. As you're holding on to that to that railway, you don't know where you are going. There are things out there that could trip you up, that could hurt you. You could get misguided by letting go. But if you trust that railing and you hold tight and you follow where it leads, your steps are safe. Thank you to that trusted railing. That railing is just like the Holy Spirit. And just as you would trust and rely and hold on to that railing, I beg you, to rely on the Holy Spirit, to surrender, and to let him guide you in every single manner. Rely on the Holy Spirit, our helper, our friend, and let him work in and through you. Let us pray. God, we thank you for everything you bless us with, especially the awesome gift of your Holy Spirit that lives within us. Help us stay out of our own way, Father, and fully trust in you. Let you work within our lives and our decisions in every single situation. Because, Father, that is the life of truth that we desire. We surrender to you, and we accept your help now and forever as your children and just as you have promised. 
We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We love you. Amen.